Hello and welcome Behind the Marquee, the podcast where we talk about everything that's going on inside and outside the world of art house and independent cinema, especially what's going on at the Michigan State Theater. My name is Nick Alderink. I'm the programming and media coordinator coordinator at the Michigan State Theater, and we are recording in the downtown Ann Arbor District Library. I got two guests with me. two guests with me. Please tell us who you are and what you do. Hey, my name is Nadim Persigosha Mass, and I am one of the general managers of the State Theater. Hi, my name is Mackenzie Peacock, and I'm the conference manager of the Art House Convergence. Thank you both for being back here. We are going to be talking today about this little film that's opening at the State uh, this Thursday. Yeah. Uh, called Captain Marvel. Um, not not the typical fair that you see at the state, usually, or at the state of Michigan, but an, an important film nonetheless. First, I want to hear uh, your expectations for the not expectations, but are you excited for this movie? I'm really excited for this movie. I'm very excited for this movie. Yeah, I am. I'm tentatively excited for this movie mm-hmm. only because I know so little about. The filmmakers. Uh, I haven't seen any of their past work. So, for people who are listening at home, um, what are some? What What is some of the previous work done by the people who made Captain Marvel? Yes. So, the, yeah, uh, the the writer directors Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. They also uh, wrote uh, and directed. Uh, it's kind of a funny story, oh. which came out in two thousand and ten. And uh, Mississippi Grind. I uh, like both those movies. Yes, the Mississippi Grind starred Ryan Reynolds and Ben Mendelsohn. And they also did a movie called Half Nelson. Nadine, you're familiar with Half Nelson? Only because this was like one of Ryan Gosling's breakout movies, right? That was one of his first times where he was really taken seriously as a dramatic actor. Half Nelson's a great movie. He got a lot of um, Mm -hmm. award buzz and quite a few nominations, I think, for that film. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, it came out when I was younger. So I, think I, I, was... I think I checked it out from Netflix on DVD. Mm-hmm. Right, but <laughs> it, it's just weird that these people are now being tapped to lead a, a gigantic comic book movie. But I guess it's not that weird. No, it's 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 a trend that has become pretty popular, especially with Disney yeah. uh, and and with the you know and and Marvel. You know, they picked up Ryan Coogler, who did Black Panther. Um, they uh, Ryan Johnson did Star Wars. Ava DuVernay did uh, a, wrinkle, uh, a, a wrinkle in time. Uh, Patty Jenkins did one and not Marvel or DC, but Patty Jenkins did Wonder Woman previously. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure um, Marvel just tapped um, Chloe Zhao, who made The Writer last year. Who's what? She's making um, The Eternals, which is a work oh. I'm not familiar with. Oh. I'm not either. But um, Tyler would know. Yeah, I mean, and she's this person. She makes incredibly small, quiet, mm-hmm. devastating movies that um, a lot of her movies primarily use uh, the term, I hate the term, kind of but non-actors. Mm-hmm. So people who, um, you know, very small budget movies where she just, if you guys, if anyone saw the writer at the Michigan, which if you didn't, I'm, I'm, I feel bad for you. Go check you, it out. You need yeah, to go yeah, yeah, check it go, out from go, the go library, um, which is a movie that it's all, uh, it's a it's a narrative, but it's she uses a real family. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's just very wildly different from the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's an incredibly talented uh, person, which I also mm-hmm. think is great because it shows um, Marvel's uh, stepping. They're unlike a lot of other studios. They actually mm-hmm. hire. They're starting to hire um, women and also women of color, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Obviously. 
And I, I didn't even mention uh, a Taika Waititi. Oh yeah, Taika. Did, who did uh, who did uh, Thor Ragnarok recently? So yeah, so for for us, it's it's a celebration. I know they, we played. It's kind of a funny story. We played Mississippi Grind, and we played Black Panther. I was gonna say, did you say Ryan Coogler? Well, I'm, I'm I'm going I'm going I'm going back to our to our uh, to to uh, about Captain Marvel here. This is us celebrating these these small dirt these small indie directors who are now making a lot of money and who are really the, the, the their appreciation for their smaller films is being shown to take on these these this this big budget movie that the the studios are showing confidence in in indie directors and i also i think um um a lot of the films you just listed are some of the best uh, of these, you know, mega superhero yeah. movies that have been mm-hmm. made. Mm-hmm. That's true. Wonder Woman, Black Panther, Thor Absolutely. Ragnarok. These are a lot of, not even just of recent years, but of the entire genre as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, uh, and we, we haven't even uh, we haven't mentioned yet that uh, Captain Marvel is uh, is a something that Marvel has been lacking throughout their entire cinematic cinematic universe that they built. This is the first female led. Marvel movie, not the first superhero like Wonder Woman. That 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 was enormous, and that was a great movie. This is, but then this is Marvel showing that. <laughs> That's so dumb. Yeah, it, 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 it is dumb, and it shouldn't have taken this long. <laughs> but at least, at least progress is being made. I guess if you if you, yeah. if you want if you want to talk Absolutely. about about who I mean, who forward. else would they have made a movie about? Are there are there many well, did, Marvels well, did, 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 that are female? People have been calling for a Black Widow film for a long time. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And they've been struggling to find a director, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. point. And this is going to be, uh, you know, as as we left off on the previous Marvel movie, um, um, Infinity War, you know, the movie ends and like half the world is, is has been wiped out. Half the universe. Half the universe. Sorry, yeah, half the universe has been wiped out, and then the movie, the the last movie ended with Samuel Jackson's character. He's like sends out a a call on this beacon, and right like right before he disappears, you see the Captain Marvel symbol appear on on his on his on his pager. He he's paging. He's paging Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, so as I think as as we enter. Captain Marvel, which does take place in the 90s, but it is going to be, uh, I think it, it has to end with Captain Marvel answering this call and basically coming to save the universe probably in the next in the She'll next be Avengers the one movie. to yeah, she, take down Thanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot to be excited for in, the, in this film. And then you get some really great uh, Samuel L. Jackson looking like, uh, I think they did some, uh, oh, did they do any facial? They did. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. It's all digital. They did the same thing in... Um, uh, Civil War, I think, yeah, they, to yeah. de-age. Uh, what's his name? Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. really good now at de-aging or yeah, they whatever. did. They did what's Kurt, the word? Euthifying. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> Rejuvenating. They did that for Kurt Russell in the right? second yep. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. movie. So, so now there's then, a whole film of the young Samuel L. Jackson in his Pulp Fiction yeah. glory. So, so not at like Tarkin levels of like creating no, a performance no, no, nothing, like, but like it's, editing it's a real face. actor and then got it doing mm-hmm. a ton of CGI work got on it. their mm-hmm. face. Uh, so yes, there's a a, a lot. To, I, I'm going to say it again. A lot to be excited for our Captain Marvel. But uh, this kind of this is a, a natural a natural segue into something that we brought up uh, a, a bit on this podcast. This uh, this toxic fandom is is being is is is, is encroaching on the Captain Marvel success already, because um, 
we've been wanting to have. I, knew, we, we, every, I feel like I every, bring it up all the time. Every time you're on the podcast, you bring up the subject, <laughs> and we're finally going to hit on it because the movie. It's I think it just premiered a couple days ago. Um, uh, I think it was like a press screening. A press screening. Yeah. So, but basically, no one has seen it yet, and yet the negative reviews are are coming out for this film already. Oh no, I'm sorry. There was there was the premiere. Yeah, yeah, like two nights ago. But uh, but for the for the past yeah. couple weeks though, these just ghost ghost reviews have been showing up on this movie for something that no one and no yeah like I said no one has seen it yet and it's already getting bad reviews which is impossible. Yeah, on Ron, Ron Tomatoes and IMDb. Yeah, so it's you know fans are just I don't even know why they exactly they're mad just because she's a woman. Yeah, is that, I think that's the general consensus. That's, that or seems they to think, be the general theme. Over they the think past the movie's yeah. few years. The movie's only being made for like PC reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you know th- th- this is what this is the same and then, I think episode 9 Star Wars episode 9 is getting bad reviews already yeah what? as well yeah which Wait, they so, just wrapped principal photography on two weeks ago so the trailer hasn't even been released yet <laughs> we don't even know what it's called we don't even know the we title of it it's getting bad reviews recently Rotten Tomatoes announced that they're closing down all of their user reviews for any movie that hasn't actually been released yet mm-hmm. so when you say uh Episode nine is getting bad reviews. Mm-hmm. Where, where? Are I think bad that reviews? was part of why, which they just announced that they were doing. That. Right. Yeah. This mm-hmm. was like which a is kind of like ago. why didn't that already sure. exist? How sure. could anyone mm-hmm. be reviewing a movie that does not exist? Mm-hmm. It, and it's it, the, these fans are the type you know like beloved properties like Star Wars, like Marvel. Now, they the the fandom gets to such an extreme that fans take ownership over over the properties now it's like this is not this is no longer your movie this is my movie this movie mean this movie means so much to me and you can't change that so i mean star wars has had this issue going back decades yeah. now because uh, fans you know episode one comes out and they're like that's not my Anakin Skywalker I hate this movie this franchise can die now the same thing has happened with The Last Jedi it's like that's not my Luke Skywalker my Luke Skywalker's a hero he wouldn't do this and then fans just tear it down it's so frustrating it's very unhealthy <laughs> it is it is yeah to me it's kind of yeah it's the sense of ownership and it's the sense of I know I know what's best you mm-hmm. don't actually know the story you don't love the story like I do I know mm-hmm. what's best it's really controlling and kind of scary to me actually the way yeah. I think it comes down to and we've talked about this before it comes down to fan expectations yeah because when fans see a movie or you know when someone sees a movie uh, and it has such a big cultural meaning, something like the first Star Wars or really any of the Star Wars movies at this point. Uh, it has such a cultural like zeitgeist that people tie into. And then when the artists decide for whatever reason, especially a good reason to go against that zeitgeist, people... Uh, Go ahead. Mackenzie. Well, I was just going to say we keep we keep saying people, and I don't mm-hmm. know if that's totally fair. Um, I think this <laughs> sure. is not people. I think it's white, it's, oh, yeah, white men yeah. from Excuse teenage me. to mid thirties. To yes. me, in my experience online, mm-hmm. that has been the primary. Sure. It is, that's a good point. Yes, yeah. a it's, lot of the anger around much... Star Wars is specifically at, especially with Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Yeah, sure, they're angry about, you know, that's not my Luke. Um, but all of the conversations around um, Ray being a Mary Sue, because, which is, I hate that term so much. That term's been around for years and years. Um, I'm pretty sure it came from the fan fiction 
community, which yeah. is a community I'm, I've been a part of for a very long time um, and I'm still an active member in. But anyways, um, Mary Sue is this term or, uh, that's used to describe um, a character that... Um, like bland character characters that don't have that they're they're not strong that kind of they're characters that let the environment control them it's usually how I see it yeah and so someone with Ray they're like you know she's this nothing character who now you suddenly made her the greatest force user ever this is dumb this makes no sense Mm -hmm. you know she came from nowhere she's just this dumb girl junk trader she can't use the force like Kylo Ren can use the force so people get angry about it um, and they don't there's no reckoning with the fact that literally every Star Wars trilogy has started with a force user in the desert who is discovered to have um, immense abilities beyond Mm -hmm. their the other their peers and beyond their other force users even Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just not even acknowledged it's a fact (laughs) Ray's a dumb character Ray makes no sense Um, people are yeah you only hired John Boyega for PC reasons. They they don't actually want to engage with the text at all or be excited about the fact that more people are being seen in the Star Wars universe because that's also really, I'm sorry, I can ramble on this for a really long time, (laughs) but also makes no sense that it's this world. (laughs) It's It's this entire universe of non-human characters. Yeah. And yet every character in the Star Wars universe is a white humanoid <laughs> and then they're like this is crazy you can't a black yeah. stormtrooper it's like what it's literally a universe well coming back to your earlier point aliens <laughs> all of those original movies and most most hollywood movies in the 80s and 90s were almost exclusively about white people yeah mm-hmm. so people are, it's, but what about lando it's like yeah. what? Exactly. <laughs> that's character. like that's the token character yeah, to exactly. appease One character. you know whatever but that that's a whole other point but uh, what I was trying to say earlier is yeah, that sorry. people, or should I say, you know, white men <laughs> in that quotes. time, they saw all these white people running around having amazing adventures, and it was very easy for them to claim ownership of that because yeah. the stories being told were very traditional stories, very monomythical stories that didn't really challenge any sort of social change. They're very much good versus evil not like down with capitalism or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's, Star Wars is like the it's like the archetypical story, right? Like right. every single yeah. story. The hero's journey. The hero's yeah. journey. It is the hero's journey in a film. And so it's very easy to to identify with that kind of story and because the story is about white people and mostly about white men, it's very easy for white men to claim ownership of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And now with the changing tide of social justice and uh, actual representation. Yeah, actual in representation. Media. Yeah, every everything that's happened in the past decade with more representation in popular culture, people who were once uh, very protective of this very not bland story, but this very conservative story, yeah. now see that being challenged and are terrified. And I and I think I can speak for all three of us too. That I mean, we love Star Wars. I love sure. Star Wars. I love the original trilogy. This mm-hmm. is not hating. Being ex- loving the Last Jedi, and what they've done with taking a left turn at every point in that movie and defying mm-hmm. your expectations, and um, challenging the story doesn't mean. I mean, Ryan Johnson loves Star Wars. He yeah. loves the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. This is not a. And that's and exactly. Uh, um, and it was it was so genius for for Star Wars to pick him out. Like going back to what we were saying, because uh, uh, these films are picking out. Uh, people from indie films, but they're also picking out 
fans of the movies. Yeah. Like Ryan Johnson will, will talk will talk about how he is if 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 he wasn't making these movies, he would he would be at the conventions. Same <laughs> like, like, like well, that's that's what Mark Hamill has always said too. If if I if I wasn't in this movie, I'd be at the conventions. And then same with like Taika Waititi. Yeah. You know, pull, them pulling him. He he's he's a comic book nerd. Of course he's he's gonna make an excellent comic book movie. It's like these are these these indie filmmakers. They're fans of the product, and they're 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 not just they're not just picking out you know like I don't I don't even want to like I'm not I'm not going to try to I think the but, reason are you saying <laughs> Michael Bay is not a huge Transformers <laughs> yes. fan is that what yes. you're trying to say that, that is what I am saying that is what I'm saying I, I, I was trying to I was trying to find the right director to, to call out here and that is exactly <laughs> my point I Michael Bay was not watching the Transformers cartoon he was not the one sitting on his couch Saturday mornings yeah. I don't think I don't think at least I who, I don't know Michael Bay guys but I don't think he was he wasn't the type that was sitting up at Saturday mornings watching the the, the Transformers cartoon cartoons in the 80s and I think that shows in his well product. let's not libel Michael Bay before he's done our <laughs> research but I also I, don't dislike Michael Bay that's true no, but I, I, don't, I, I, I don't dislike Michael but Bay but I think either. that the reason that these creators are working in the Star Wars trilogy is the same reason that we like Star Wars but yeah. it, but my point is it might not be the reason that these gatekeepers like Star Wars mm-hmm a lot of the comments I've seen about The Last Jedi were about Luke's character yeah. and how mm-hmm. it went against what they thought was the setup of the original tr- trilogy's ending. And a lot of people read Luke in that trilogy as a badass master Jedi who's mm-hmm. ready to conquer the universe. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's sort of projecting maybe their own, uh, their own fear of inadequacy of mas- masculinity yeah, onto absolutely. Luke. And... Uh, I know the reason I like Star Wars is not because of the badass sword fights, although they are very mm-hmm. badass at times, but it's it's the sense of wonder and the sense of creativity on display. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really the the shock of seeing the work of so many talented artists. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so many people who are writing negative reviews of episode nine are not as worried about that and are maybe more worried about the fact that their monomyth is collapsing yeah mm-hmm. and that or it can be challenged even yeah or yeah exactly just, that it's even being challenged that, at all that luke is a human person yeah and not a cool badass yeah. with a green lightsaber mm-hmm. he's who a, dresses in black yeah <laughs> backflips god mm-hmm. yeah and then and it's just the sense of viciousness that you see in these trolls kind of that's what kind of freaks me out. Like someone, mm-hmm. the fact that um, Keller Marie Tran, who yeah, um, yeah, who plays Rose in the new um, in the Last Jedi mm-hmm. and will in in the unnamed episode nine. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, she as um, an Asian woman was so people were like, you know, you have no place in this universe. You have no place in this fandom. She was chased off all social media platforms. She was getting death threats. Um, she's since deleted every trace of her own, um, all of her profiles online. Mm-hmm. Um, Daisy Ridley had to do the same thing. Yeah. Daisy Ridley deleted all of her social media mm-hmm. because anytime she posted anything, it was just trolls, hundreds, I don't, hundreds of trolls just posting mm-hmm. vicious personal mm-hmm. um, attacks. And I'm yeah. like, that's. Mm-hmm. It's mind blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 an exciting time in, uh, in in blockbuster mega pictures right now, but it's also an extremely frustrating time. It's like it, we're we're definitely 
have like two steps forward, one step back. Uh, but yet, that still means progress. So, sure. so yeah, absolutely. So that um, I mean, that's the story of American culture. Yeah, forever. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. conservatives being dragged, kicking and screaming into mm-hmm. the future for the past two hundred years. Yeah, and like I've, I keep seeing photos pop up um, of people taking photos with their daughters in Captain Marvel outfits, like standing in front of the cardboard standee at their movie theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's exciting. And this is just in, yeah. What what we're seeing now is we're seeing uh, the breeding of, of of a new generation of filmmakers right now. Where we, we like again, we're seeing all these like really interesting creative people taking on large budget pictures, adding like adding some flavor to something that was just starting to feel so dull for so long, mm. um, and. Uh, like like you said like we're we're getting more diverse audiences that are coming to these to these pictures now yeah and that's just gonna it's just it, it's going that's uh, that's like the next generation mm-hmm. that that that's coming up a more diverse generation yeah exactly and then we, we we're even even we're finally seeing at the Oscars now as well we're just kind of we just got off the Oscars best picture didn't go to to uh a little controversial there, but yet we did see Spike Lee get his get his first Oscar because of this new generation that has entered the the Academy, like uh, this new these new and uh, I don't know what you call them these new members of the Academy are voting now. Yeah, I mean, and, I think it's crazy. I mean, the fact that a superhero movie beat a period piece for mm-hmm. um, costume, um, mm-hmm. hair, and makeup those these are um, this is Black Black Panther beat the favorite, which people thought was. The, the favorite uh, to win. <laughs> I started that sentence without mm-hmm. thinking that's what I was going to say. Nadim's yeah. shaking his head right now. Um, but anyways, period mo- pieces. Yeah. Period pieces always win hair and makeup mm-hmm. and costume design. That's mm-hmm. just how it goes at the Oscars. Um, and to me, something like Black Panther that created an entire universe. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Wakanda mm-hmm. is not a real mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Um, so they created the look and the feel of it, and the fact that that work was acknowledged and awarded over a beautiful costume dress from you know period piece movie which is um, awesome still great work but that was a really that was a nice moment for me during mm-hmm. those Oscars yeah uh, a superhero movie won best an- best animated feature yeah and a, a superhero movie with a uh, with a diverse main character a, div- a diverse cast anyone can wear the mask yeah exactly. two episodes in a row so what we're getting at here at the end uh, at, at the end of this conversation I think here is that superhero movies are good guys you should you sometimes should, sometimes <laughs> they, they're they're getting better they're they're, 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 they're yeah. interesting uh, we are really pumped for Captain Marvel to join uh, our, our films at the state uh, and it's I think it's gonna fit right in and I think that there's a lot to be appreciated about Captain Marvel. And we can't wait to play episode nine when it opens <laughs> and I'll stand in the lobby and fight all the bros. So so even if you are not interested in the superhero movie, come out and see Captain Marvel. Yeah. See it at your local theater uh, with the, uh, uh, where you're greeted with a warm smile yeah. at the top of the stairs. I think if you're not interested in superhero movies at this point that you need to start becoming interested in yeah. superhero movies because that's where all the creativity is these days. Mm-hmm. That's where the budget for being really creative with your story and your set and your characters is really going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, I mean, art house actors and actresses mm-hmm. are a lot. Um, Brie Larson um, is, you know, famously known. She won her Oscar for Room, which is a movie that we played for mm-hmm. months on end at the Michigan. We mm-hmm. could not stop playing that movie. Mm-hmm. 
She's in a, a, a weird movie that we just played at the state uh, well, repertory, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah. yeah. Really great in that one. Now she's, she's a familiar face. Uh, so uh, before we wrap up this conversation, we're going to get to uh, what we talk about at the end of every episode, our movie magic moments of the week. And this is where we talk about something we've seen recently that we can re- recommend to you. And as we say, reminded us why we love movies and television. So who wants to get it started here? I can start. Uh, I saw a movie on Netflix recently, which came out last year, I think. It's called Shirkers. Have you two seen Shirkers? This? Yeah, we played that Cinetopia, right? No, no, I really wanted to. That was my favorite. That was in my top two favorite movies of Sundance 2018. Sure. So a year and yeah, a month I'm, ago. Yeah, I'm late and to the party. Here. No, no, no. But it's because I walked out of that movie, and I think we've talked about it on the show before. Oh, yeah? I, I turned to our programming manager and was like, we need to book this movie right now for Cinetopia. Yeah. And they didn't get back to us for a long time, and then they were like, oh, Netflix bought it. Yeah. Which was kind of great because then, I mean, a lot of people saw it, and it's, mm. I keep, it's on my homepage all the time. I love that movie yeah it's it's an incredible movie i've heard so much about it before and i only just got around to watching it but i wasn't prepared for how amazingly well done the whole story was you both saw it right i haven't seen it oh you haven't Mm -hmm. oh man because i want to talk about a moment from the movie that really struck me but i don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it yeah you should definitely Um, go in as blind as possible yeah absolutely like don't don't look it up before you Mm -hmm. watch it because i think the power of the movie is seeing just how much was accomplished yeah. and how talented these people are. It's such a cool movie. Uh, yeah, it's... I'll, I'll give a, a general overview, I okay. guess. It's about uh, three young women filmmakers from Singapore uh, who were total movie heads. In the and, 90s. And Yeah, in, and so in the, I think, 90, 1992, they... You know, through a lot of a lot of rigmarole, they got together the budget to do Singapore's first like big indie movie, and it was called Shirkers, and it was written by uh, the director of this movie, which is also called Shirkers. Uh, and through a crazy production process, basically, the movie has not been seen in. Uh, 25 years. 25 years. Thank you, Mackenzie. Uh, and yeah, I don't want to say too much about it, yeah. but it, the, okay. the documentary, this documentary, Shirkers, is about why that movie hasn't been seen and also the story of that movie's production and the story of these three women's lives yeah. after the movie was made. Okay. I mean, they're like teenagers, too, it's when you say young filmmakers. Aren't they like yeah, you know, I, I wasn't clear on how old they were when they were making the movie, but they couldn't have been older than like 20. Yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's amazing what they were able to do back then in the 90s and how um, just gorgeous yeah. that movie is. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It's gorgeous. I, I think shot. everyone should see it because it's it's the story of how much love and joy goes into filmmaking mm-hmm. but also the the like the other side of that, the grief that comes from not having your work appreciated. Mhm. It okay. to speak vaguely about it. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, everyone I've, goes see yeah, Shirkers on Netflix. It it's really great. Yeah. 
Um, I think my movie magic moment, I finally got around um, to seeing Cold War at the state, mm. um, which was uh, nominated for Best Foreign Language Film from Poland, I believe. Poland, yeah. Yep, from Poland. As well as Best Director and Best Cinematography. Yeah. Um, it's, I saw a review the other day that said it was the most colorful black and white movie I've ever seen, which I really oh. loved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this story. It's a story about um, how artists suffered under communism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a love story. Um, and it's it's got a really great runtime of 88 minutes, which I am a big fan of. And I was just completely swept away. I was swept off my feet within the first like 30 seconds of that movie. Um, in the love story, in the the strife of the the political strife in the movie, mm-hmm. um, it just it blew me away. Um, and it's also I would recommend seeing it in a theater because it's got an ending that you just want to talk about immediately. Oh, okay. Um, it's also it's got it's like a love it or hate it ending. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this great moment as soon as the credits started. And I was in um, one of the smaller theaters at the state, and there were maybe four open seats. So it was a really full uh, theater experience, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I really loved it a lot. Yep. Still playing at the state. Still playing at the state. Yep. Cold War. Come check it out. And my movie magic moment, I just recently binged uh, Atlanta. Oh, hell oh, yeah. Gosh, Hulu. <laughs> and you're, you're both familiar yeah, with it? Yeah, I've, I've, seen, seen, I've seen it all. I I've seen it all. <laughs> love that show. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. It's I, maybe one of my favorite shows of the past five years. Absolutely. When, when it first premiered uh, like a couple years ago, I'd watched the first couple episodes and I liked it, but I just I didn't pull me in, I guess, yeah. you, you would say. But then I, I, I heard Donald Glover describe it as Twin Peaks for black people. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, like, I need, I need to, because I, I, I didn't see it until like I didn't the first couple episodes they're a little weird but that show gets weird well, yeah they're not a they're not afraid to experiment with form <laughs> exactly it, it, it is they, they experiment with form they experiment with narrative and it, again it's uh, as we were talking about you know Marvel movies and blockbusters getting interesting this is like mainstream television getting yeah. really interesting mm-hmm. and they you know they're, they're able to just like they, they they drop plot points or they, they forget about plot points and it doesn't really matter to the overall narrative of the story. Each each episode is its own beginning and ending. It's, it's not very serialized or it is serialized. Yeah. Um, and loosely. Lo- loosely. And you know the, there there might be a character where there there might, there might be an episode where Donald's Glover Donald Glover is the main character but there's a few episodes where he's not even in. Yeah. No. It's just it, it, it they're able to find this weird gothic world. I and, think it is gothic play, is a good word and, for and, it. And they play with it in so so many brilliant ways. It, you you can't it's I I even I it's such a difficult show to pin down. That's you, what I was going to say. <laughs> you, you, you think that you understand what the show is, and then the next episode will be completely different. It's so funny at award shows, they never know, because it gets nominated every year for, you know, writing and directing and yeah. best. And they, they always, um, I think a lot of times at the Emmys and the Golden Globes, it gets put under best comedy. Mm-hmm. and. It's really not. A, some, there's there's some a lot of humor. Are. No, yeah, there's a yeah, lot of yeah. humor in the show, but mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of 
tragedy in the yeah, show too. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. It, it's kind of hard to define. So it's always funny to see the being like best comedy. Yeah, is it yeah. Brooklyn Nine Nine or Atlanta? These are very different. It's, shows. The, it's the same argument. Like they tried to pin. They tried to pin Get Out as a comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Get Out had humorous moments, but that was not a comedy. Very much not a comedy. It was a very. It's, the show is very much in that vein. Yeah, I think that's its biggest strength that it defies any sort of classification. Yeah, and it it's unafraid to just do its own thing. Mm-hmm. And for any um, superhero fans, uh, <laughs> Zazie Beetz, the actress who plays um, Donald's Val. yeah girlfriend in the yeah. show, why can't it Van? Val. Yeah, yeah, Val. No, no, Van. you're right, Van. Vanessa, Van. Van. Yeah. who plays Van in Atlanta, is um, in all the Deadpool. Or she was in the Deadpool too. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And then Brian Tyree Henson. Yep. He was in uh, Spider Verse. Yep. And then Donald Glover was in Homecoming. Yep, Spider Man Homecoming. Homecoming. Spider Man Homecoming. Um, as a nod to him, originally um, there was that push to get him to play Miles Morales yeah, in the live yeah. action Spider Man. Well, Miles Morales was inspired by Donald Glover. Oh, there we go. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Donald for Spider Man. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, yep, Atlanta, <laughs> check it out. Uh, it's, it's a really good show. That's, that's what I have to say. Thank you for listening. Um, we're going to be back in your feed in a couple weeks. Thank you both for, for being back on the podcast. Of course. Thank you to the Ann Arbor District Library for letting us take over their space. Check out their website, aadl.org. The downtown library is closed at the moment, but check out their other branches. Uh, they were nice enough to let us in, even though they are uh, there's construction going down downstairs. And I think it'll be open next week. So yeah, March eighth. March eighth. Oh, so, cool. yeah, within a week. Yeah, within a week. Yeah. Um, so yep, thank you to them. Uh, email the podcast btmpod at gmail.com. and check out all our social media pages. Uh, like I said, we're gonna be back in your feed in a couple weeks. Thank you for joining us behind the marquee.